And at the end of the day, you have to love what you do. You got to love it because it comes out. People will smell it. People will see it. You have to love what you do, period. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Fi Show. But before we kick things off, let's check in with the co-host, Justin. What's up, man? Hey, man, just still rambling around the country in the van. Just finished up a week in Colorado and have now since made our trek down to Austin, Texas, where my girlfriend's family is from. Looking forward to celebrating 4th of July this coming weekend down here. How about yourself? Yeah, so this past weekend was the first time I've been to the beach all year, so that was nice to get some beach weather and have a nice beach day, and also excited for the 4th, even though it's semi-canceled in Massachusetts, so still figuring out my plans for that. But before we move on, let's hear a quick word from our partner. Keeping track of your net worth is one of the most important things you can do on your journey to financial independence. If you don't have an idea of what your net worth is, there's no way that you can keep your quote-unquote score. One of our favorite tools to keep this score is called Personal Capital. If you haven't already started using it, it's an online software that basically compiles all of your data, it crunches all your assets, all your liabilities, and spits out a net worth number and allows you to track it day by day, month by month. Yeah, Cody, one of the big things that hold people back when they're doing activities like tracking their expenses or tracking their net worth is just they look at it as a big burden. And this allows you to go in with one username and one password and access as many financial accounts as you have. These can be loans, these can be 401ks, these can be HSAs, bank accounts, credit cards. They're all linked there. The other thing I really like about personal capital is it's very investing focused. So you can go in there and look at your allocation across your entire portfolio. So you don't just look at your allocation in one type of account, but your allocation as a person completely. And if you want to use the same tool that me and Cody use to track our net worth, which is completely free, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash PC. That's thefyshow.com slash PC. So today on The Fi Show, we have Nico Mendoza. And so Nico has one of the coolest side hustles that we've had on The Fi Show so far, in my opinion. But this guy makes superhero parts with a 3D printer. And I'm not going to get into all the mechanics of his business and how he's absolutely blown up over these past few years. But you're going to really enjoy this episode and hopefully you'll have something that you can take home and implement into your own business or maybe you'll be inspired to start a 3D business of your own. But I'm not going to give away the whole story. Take it away, Nico. My parents were not good with money, man. And I saw the way they struggled. And as a child, as the eldest child, man, that affected me. And so for me, at a very young age, I made a vow, not just a promise, like a vow to never put myself or my children through that. And so I learned how to budget money. I learned how to make sure that I have something aside. I learned how to not spend beyond my means, you know, just, just, just that kind of stuff. And it evolved as I got older. And as you started learning and practicing those skills, how did those kind of like tactically evolve as you start graduating high school, maybe going into college? Did that have any impact on, you know, choosing your degree, how you're going to pay for college, just those kind of things? Yeah, so I, I made sure that I didn't spend money that I didn't have to. I joined the military. It was the best decision of my life, man. It was free training. I was being paid to be trained and it was going to be skills that it was going to be useful in the real world. I was like, and no one wants to do this? Are you kidding me? For real? And so I did that, got on the military, did my thing, found out how much my job made in the real world. I was like, All right, what? And so I, I, I left the military, 
I made great money and I'm still there. So moving forward in your story a little bit more, when did your money kind of take the next step? So you have the budgeting mindset, you have the saving mindset. Was there any point or any transition where maybe you started getting interested in side hustling or entrepreneurship or financial independence? Because typically we see people start with those savings basics and then they graduate to something new. Four hour work week, man. (laughs) I'd say yes for a lot of people. I think four hour work week kind of fueled it even more. For me, I always wanted to retire early to make extra money, to live a comfortable lifestyle where I didn't have to worry about about spending. I wasn't always like gaudy with, with my purchases. I just wanted to make sure that if I wanted to purchase something that I had the option to. And I said no, because I really didn't need it. And so when I was younger, I was always interested in business, having my own money and building something outside of just my day job. That was in my early 20s. It just kind of evolved from there. And, and I, I tried a lot of things, man, and I've failed so many times. But as they all say, you only have to be a success. You only have to be right one time. So before we got too far beyond your kind of origin story where you're coming out of high school or college, that's kind of what I want to touch on is you said you joined the military and you got some skills that were actually really relevant and led you to be able to have a successful career. Could you talk to us about like, how did you enter the military? Was it out of high school? Or was it through a college program? And then what kind of skills was it that they taught you? Like, what were these skills that were so valuable on the outside? All right. So funny story, man. You guys want to talk about the American dream. I personally believe that I have. I lived it, man. I'm an immigrant. I lived in the Philippines for 13 years. Came to the United States when I was 13. We hired a lawyer to get our papers done so we can stay and, and migrate here. And the guy we hired ended up being a fraud. He did nothing for us, man. 10 years and $15,000 later, dude, nothing. It wasn't until I met someone, we got married, and that's how I was able to stay and and migrate here. And so that didn't happen until my my mid-20s because, I mean, I'm not going to get married, you know, as a teenager, right? It was my early 20s. I didn't get the the after high school, go to college thing. I didn't get that. I had to wait until I was 25 to do anything because I wasn't allowed. I'm an immigrant, right? I joined the military. I got the skills. In the military, I built power plants for the Air Force. And so it was a lot of mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, stuff like that. And it directly translated to the utility company that allowed me to get this really, really good job that I have now. So you have a really, really good job, but at some point that really, really good job isn't enough. It's not lighting the fire within you because I know you started a side hustle and I'm not sure if the one you have right now was the first side hustle because you mentioned how failure is a stepping stone to success. What was that first foray into any type of side hustle thing? Man, there's so many side hustles that I started and they've every single one has failed. I've tried multi-level marketing. I've tried starting my own t-shirt business. I paid down $20,000 in debt in six months doing my side hustle. And that debt was because of another failed business that I had before, which was a, a boot camp, like a fitness boot camp. And I'm, I'm paying into that. I've failed so many times, man. I couldn't tell you which one was my first, but I can tell you there's a lot of them. So you mentioned one that I would actually like to dig into a little bit because it's not often that we have someone on the show who has any experience with actually being a part of multi-level marketing as far as you know trying to be on the seller side. And I know a lot of people listening probably see things in their Facebook page where somebody has 
you know, bought a bunch of some kind of product. They're trying to get people to come over to do some kind of house party or whatever it might be. And they're trying to turn them into being a seller. And it's probably damaged some relationships, honestly, in people's lives. So are there any bright spots to any of these multi-level marketing things? Or did you also have a bad experience with it? Dude, that thing ruins relationships like Monopoly does. You know what I mean? You might as well go place it, get all your friends play Monopoly and then call it quits, you know? Okay, so it works, right? I have friends that I never thought would be successful in multi-level marketing. And now, dude, she's making like $30,000 a month. And I was like, holy crap, like what happened to you? It works, man. It just wasn't for me. What I will say is that I wasn't ready. I'm not going to blame the multi-level marketing. I'm not going to blame the business. I'm going to blame myself. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to become the person that was going to be successful. Because at the end of the day, out of all those failures, there was one common variable, which was me. So it was blame is on me, not on those. So you seem like someone who has a lot of drive. You just mentioned the common denominator and all those failures was you. But you still went out and you still tried the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until you finally struck gold. Could you kind of talk about from a mindset perspective, what kept you going? My kids, man, nothing, <laughs> nothing lights a fire under your ass than your kids, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Cody. I quit, dude. I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with business. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to sit back, make my good money, retire with a pension, and then relax, right? Maybe some overtime here and there for, for a vacation or two, and then you know, just be happy. And then the moment I stopped chasing money, Dude, money started chasing me. It was crazy. That's a really interesting little kind of soundbite there that once you stop chasing money, you know, money started chasing you because I imagine a lot of times people are trying to get into things and they just can't get out of their own head. They're just overthinking it. They're getting it, you know, they're tripping themselves up. So if you had any advice to somebody who's out there trying to start something, but they're kind of sputtering, what is something that now that, you know, you realize after you stop chasing the money, like, man, if I would have just known this two years ago, whatever it was, like, I'd be so much for the long now. Like, what would, what's some advice you'd like to share with people? Do it for the work. The work is always going to be there. You got, so you got to love your work. So with this whole Nico Industries thing, I love it. If all the money went away right now, I'd still be 3D printing all my stuff. I still have, I, I have this Optimus Prime statue that I'm trying to make. As, you know, I still got my latest Iron Man suit that I still got to build. You know, when all that goes away, I'm still going to have all that. And at the end of the day, you have to love what you do. You got to love it because it comes out. People will smell it. People will see it. You have to love what you do, period. So before we get into Nico Industries, and I definitely have so many questions. It's such a cool business, your 3D printing business that you have. Could you explain to some of our listeners who might not know what 3D printing actually is? Just give us a high level overview of 3D printing. So 3D printing is a machine that lays down plastic so think of a nozzle of like a piping bag for for baking and it's laying down frosting and it lays it on another layer you go up one more layer you lay another layer right on top of that and you just keep putting piping down layers and layers and layers of frosting until it creates this sculpture of, of what it is that you want to make but instead of frosting it's plastic so it's melting plastic on top layer by layer until it builds what it is that you want to make yeah, and I know one way that helps me think about it in my head is like we've all looked at a normal printer as it's going across a piece of paper and it's sitting there going back and forth left to right and it's putting down different colors on a piece of paper. It's that same idea except imagine the ink was thick and that it could also move up and down instead of just, you know, front to back. And that that kind of starts creating this object. 
I've also seen some really cool ones where they can use different media other than just plastic. And I've even seen them 3D print houses with concrete. So it's a, it's a really interesting industry. So what led you to 3D printing as a business? I mean, I think a lot of people have seen it and think it's interesting. Maybe not enough people have seen it. But anyways, like people see it, think it's interesting. But what made you look at it as an actual business? All right. That's a little bit of a story. That's what we do. <laughs> so remember, I told you guys I quit, right? Like, I'm done. So I was going to build a man cave where I was just going to put a TV, got my recliner, my fridge. And I said, what would my man cave want to look like, right? At that same time, my kids loved dressing up, man. My son at the time was five and he loved dressing up. He would go to the Disney store. He'd get like, you know, the Iron Man costumes, the Thor, the Captain America, all that stuff. Well, that's the kind of stuff that I love when I was a kid. And with our kids, man, their time at that age is very limited. And so there's only so many costumes that they're going to put on. At one point, you're going to pick them up for the last time and you're not going to know it. You're going to give them a hug for the last time and you're not going to know it. Those kinds of things. And so for me, I wanted to maximize those times so that when they get older, they can say, hey, remember when dad, you know, insert memory here. And so I, they love dressing up. So I dressed up with them. You know, my first Iron Man suit was made out of foam, like foam paneling, foam formats, right? I was like, man, I want to get better. This is dope. Like, man, this, I got addicted to the craft. And I was going through Instagram and I saw this guy. He put a leg part, like his shin. And it was so detailed. It was like sculpted perfectly. I was like, what the heck is that? So I messaged the guy and he said, hey, man. I said, hey, what is that? He said, it's, it's 3D printed. I said, it's what printed? He goes, it's 3D printed. I go, dude, that thing's plastic? He goes, yeah. And from there, I was like, all right, relax. Here you go again, right? Your mind's going to go off and you're going to buy this thing. It took me a month. I said, all right, if, if in a month I still want this machine, go get it. For a month, I could not stop thinking about it. I did all my research, YouTube articles, everything. And I got it. And then I said, all right, you found this new thing again. You want to take a business. You want to take this off, right? You want to go on and, and do something with it. And so I said, don't do it. But there was that itch, dude, that itch. It never goes away. I figured, you know what? Fine. We'll do a YouTube channel. We'll start with marketing first. We'll start with building a community first. We're not going to chase the money. We're going to chase the work. And so I did. And in three months, I was profitable. Wow. All right. So let's dig into that a little bit. So I did not know that you actually started the YouTube and the community stuff first, which is an awesome strategy, getting people behind the idea. So you're just creating these basically superhero parts. You're creating like an Iron Man leg and an Iron Man arm. And I can't even think of any other superheroes that you could possibly create, but I'm sure you've done it. When did it become something more where you're actually selling these digital files to customers and things like that? Or could you kind of walk us through the whole monetization process? People don't buy the 3D printer. They buy what the 3D printer can make. And so I give you what the 3D printer can make. And the cosplay industry is a growing industry, which I think generates $2 billion annually. Now for me, I was like, well, there's not really a lot of players in the cosplay industry, not very big. And when money moves, people get rich. And I said, all right, well, when that money moves, I just got to put my hand up and I want a piece of that pie. And with 3D printing exploding the way it is now, I said, this is where everything's going to go. Because there are guys and, and girls that they're not that good with their hands in foam. And so if they want to just put something on a machine, a 3D printer, and it can do the things that it can do while you're at work, 
not only does it save time, it produces a much better result than if I would have made it out of foam myself. And so I started saying, all right, does anyone want this Iron Man suit? Because there's like 85 of them, right? And I said, who wants this? Oh, man. And people just raise their hands. They're like me. And I was, oh, okay. Well, let's get it designed. Got it designed. It said, here, shut up and take my money. It basically is what happened. So diving in tactically a little more, what kind of skills did you need to have, A, to create the files that is going to be printed? And then B, I assume that you needed an actual printer yourself to test these out to make sure your files are coming out clean and are something you would actually sell to someone. So if somebody was looking to get into this, what do they need to learn in order to create the files? And then B, what kind of printer should they have in their own home to kind of test these out? So the skills that I had were actually (laughs) honed in the military. It was the the delegation part. I don't have any design skills. I can't design anything in Fusion 360 or ZBrush or Maya, all these modeling programs. I have a design team that does it for me. And my team has grown to six designers, a webmaster, and now I've hired an ad agency. And we're just growing to build Nico Industries as a big player in the 3D printing space. Now for the printer... It all depends on what you're trying to do because 3D printing is so, there's so much you can do with it. The machine will depend on what you want to make. So for me, I I got a bigger machine because of the size of the props that I was making. And so for me, that's what's, that's the right size. Some people want to 3D print jewelry. Well, there's different technologies that you want to use too. So it all depends on what you want to make. And that's how you start with printer selection. So I also started at this point, I started a business course on how to do 3D printing as a side gig. And that's where I teach you, here's how you do printer selection, here's how you do niche selection, your marketing, so on and so forth. And just so I know, because I'm totally not in this world, but I do know that 3D printing or buying a 3D printer has just gotten exponentially cheaper, say in the past 10 years. What does it cost to get like the lowest level 3D printer nowadays? Two, $300, man. Oh, wow. That is way less than I thought. <laughs> so you're making all these things that are Disney characters, right? Or now that they're owned by Disney. So I'm just curious, like how you're making money when all these things are copyrighted. If I make enough money that the mouse gets mad, that means I made a lot of money. If I piss <laughs> off the mouse, I, I was good. That's how I see it. I'll stop when the mouse tells me to stop. And when they tell me to stop, I'll be like, hey, look, this is a 3D printing space that you guys haven't tapped. Your best bet is to buy my company. So I kind of want to dig into the numbers a little bit here. So I was listening to a podcast you did in November 2018 with our mutual friend, Nick Loper. And at that point, you were making around $2,000 a month and you had the two streams of income. You had a Patreon campaign where basically people would just pay you out of their own goodwill for giving them behind the scenes and member only content. And then you were also selling these digital files that you were talking about before. Could you give us an idea of how the business has grown since then? Because that's been quite a while ago. And from the intro email you sent over, it seems like your business has just blown up exponentially. My first year in business, I made $50,000 in revenue. In my second year in 2019, I more than doubled to $130,000 in revenue. This year, I'm on pace to double that again. Wow. Congratulations, man. That is so cool. And the fact that this started out as a little hobby where you're just making an Iron Man leg because your kids think it's cool is crazy. I think that really speaks to the follow the passion, not the money thing, because we see so many people who get so burnt out because they just go after something that they think is going to make them rich. 
And if it's not firing them up at the end of the day, if they wouldn't do that thing, if it didn't bring them any money, then they're probably not going to make a bunch of money from it. So I love that you're just killing it with this. I kind of want to follow up on that last part with have you thought of any or have you started to implement any other monetization strategies? So all these avenues will will present themselves as you grow in business, but you got to be good at one thing. So now there are other monetization strategies that I have because I built a brand. And so there are these 3D print mats that I put my brand on that they can buy and stuff like that. It's all about focus and focusing your energy on the things that work. So for me, I put my, my I focus my energy on my Patreon. I focus my energy on the file sales, and I focus my energy on the YouTube and the marketing. Those three things. If you spend your your energy outside of your core business, you get spread thin, and you don't grow in the growth rate that that you want. Because I think it's called shiny object syndrome. You're like, oh this, oh that, oh this, oh that, like. No, stop. McDonald's doesn't do that. Under Armour doesn't do that. No, no other company does that. They, they stick to what they know. They stick to what they're good at. And they double down on those things. And so that's my thing as far as monetization. Is just, I, I just focus on the marketing part, which is the YouTube ads and so on and so forth. I focus on growing my Patreon and I focus on growing my community and growing the file sales. That's it. So I think it's really smart that you're focusing in on the things that that you're good at and without spreading yourself too thin. But the one thing you mentioned, like, hey, I'm not good at is designing the actual files. So how did you find the right people to design these files for you? And so if there's a listener out there who's like, hey, I've got this idea for a different niche that I think a 3D printer could really tap into, but I also can't design files. Like, where should they start to look for somebody like that? Freelancer.com, Fiverr, a lot of freelancers out there, man. A lot of them were looking for work. And this is kind of on the same thread. It's about working with people, finding the right people for your quote unquote team. And I was reading a past interview you did and you were talking about how buying the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is one of my favorite books, was one of the best investments you ever made. And kind of going back to the same thing Justin's talking about, like having your team is one thing. Having a network and being able to expand your business is part of the same skill set, but it's a whole nother beast. Could you talk about how that book has influenced you and how you've implemented its principles into your business? How to win friends and influence people comes down to one core principle, coming from a very giving mindset. And so I just come in just giving, man. There's so much money out there, dude. This life is so abundant, man. We are so blessed to live in this country. We are so blessed to have everything that we have here. And if you just gave, like genuinely give, not like... I'm going to give you this and then you're going to sit there and wait for something in return. Like, no, man, just give, dude. Give, 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 give. And it comes back. Man, it comes back tenfold. The Bible said it all comes back in sevens. I mean, I think it comes back in bigger, bigger numbers, man. And just come from a giving mindset, dude. So like when I started, I started doing now with the whole COVID stuff, right? I started 3D printing face shields for, for healthcare workers. And they're, dude, they're all donated. It got to a point where it got started getting expensive. So I started to go fund me. But dude, they're all, it's all donated, man. I, I, just, I give it away. Hey, like you guys are the real heroes. You guys are, I play a hero with my mask and stuff. You guys are the real ones. And so just come from a giving mindset. And it really does, karma will get you back. You'll get back what you put out. And so just go from a giving mindset. That's basically what that book is about. Give. 
That's really awesome insight. And I kind of hate that I've never took the time to read that book. So I'll definitely have to put that one on the list. You know, the one thing that I've found as a common theme throughout your story is, you know, you're trying these different things, you find something that works, you're really digging in. But I guess I get this feeling that maybe there's going to be something next for you, like something like you're going to get this to a point to where it's probably going to be completely automated and you're going to get like a little tired of it, but you're probably not going to give it up because I mean, the money's going to be too good. Do you have any thoughts of like, something next after 3d printing because it sounds like you got this itch that even when you tried to suppress it earlier on like hey i'm just going to focus on my normal job you weren't able to and so i imagine that's going to happen again it's like justin knows me already this thing's automated i don't even check into my designers they just say hey here's the i check it it's like nope i don't like this This doesn't look good you know fix this i'm purely automated my delegation has been you do this you do this I've literally done the four-hour work week. I put in four hours a week on this thing. And so what's next for me, man, is like I said earlier, there's so many things that you can 3D print. And so I started a business course to teach other people how to do this. Because I've had so many ideas, man, that I know could have made money. I just didn't have the time to do it. Or I just didn't want to. I didn't have the drive to do it. At one point, I was going to build 3D printed handbags and purses. I had the logo. I had the name. I had everything. I had the material. I had a design. I had a prototype. I printed a few of them. My mom loved it. My sister was like, you better get me one. Um, family friend, my, my, you know, my aunts, they were like, um, hello, you need to sell this. I just never went through with it because it wasn't in my heart. It wasn't, it wasn't a passion. I didn't like it. Now, I know it would have made money. I just wouldn't want to follow through with it. And so someone out there might have a passion for, for handbags and purses and they want to 3D print it. Well, let me teach you how to build a business with that so you can help your family and do stuff for you guys. And so that's where 3D printed profits came from. I built a course. I'm building a YouTube channel based on that so I can teach people how they can leverage a 3D printer to build something for themselves. Something I think you've done really well, Nico, is you've honed in and focused on the things that work. And then, like you said, you have all the other ideas, but you might not have the bandwidth or the time or the drive or whatever. And I want to ask you as someone who's failed multiple businesses, but who's had one business that you've expanded to extreme heights in only a short number of years, what are some of the number one ways you actually drive more traffic, whether it's to your YouTube channel or whether it's to your products? Like, do you have different ways? Is it SEO? Is it marketing on social media? I'd love to hear because we have so many business owners in this audience how you're growing your business organically. You're right. Everything <laughs> I've grown this big organically. In the past two years, I did not spend a dime on advertising. It's just recently that I started spending money on advertising. It's finding your tribe, man. Find your people. Where are they hanging out? There was this anecdote that, that I heard before was, you and I start a burger chain. I'll give you every advantage you want. The best meat, the best buns, the location, the colors the best, you know, workers, everything. I'll give you all of that. I want just one advantage. I want a horde of hungry people, right? <laughs> Go find your horde of hungry people. That's it. It's, it's that simple, man. Find your horde of hungry people. So the biggest thing for me that I use is YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Those are my three big guys. Out of those three big ones, it's YouTube. YouTube and Facebook. Instagram is kind of like, you know, it's there. But show off your product, learn how to use social media to your advantage for your business. I can't speak for people 
and their businesses because I don't know what their business is, but I can tell you how to use YouTube to grow their business. I can teach them how to use Facebook for their business. I just can't tell them, you know, unless I have specifics. So in my head, I imagine, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, that where this is really crushing it is these kind of Comic-Con type environments. So are you actually going out to these different places and showing off this stuff in person? Or are you completely doing all of this interaction remotely and, you know, through YouTube? It's all remotely in YouTube, man. But I do go to those things. I, I, go, to, I go to Comic-Cons. I go to the conventions. Matter of fact, when I go to conventions, so I'll wear my Nico Industries t-shirt. And they'll tap me. Hey, man, are you Nico? Yes. It, it, it's just, it, you feel like a little mini celebrity in, in, in some way. That is so cool, man. That's awesome. Honestly, I'm just really, really humbled to be here, you guys. It's nice that you guys are telling all these stories and I get to tell mine because 3D printing really has changed my life. It, it's allowed me to pay off, you know, after I pay off this debt, dude, I'm debt free. I have zero debt. I have zero debt, a six-figure income, and a six-figure side hustle. And if that doesn't inspire someone, and it really has changed my life, and I just want to give back. I want to teach people how. So let's say party favors, right? Say it's a wedding. A wedding party of 100 people, you do one party favor, that's what, three bucks a piece? For 100 people, that's already $300. That's not including, you know, say you want to do a custom wine gla- a wine glass clip or the centerpieces for your table. In one order, dude, you can get $1,000 in one order. It's ridiculous. It's so dumb. You're just like, what, for real? And it can do it while you're at work. You go to work, you set your machine, you go to work, you come home, poof, it's done. It's like having someone work for you at home. And you don't have to pay it benefits. You're not paying it per hour. <laughs> dude, that's what I wanna give people. Like, hey, you guys, man, 3D printing is the ultimate side hustle. And I've, I've started a lot. This thing is bank, dude. Oh, love it, man. I love how fired up you are about 3D printing. I can tell that even if you weren't making the amount of money you are now, you would still be doing this thing. I can just tell Nico. <laughs> man, I wish I was in my workshop right now. I'd show you guys all the kinds of stuff that I have. Well, if you, if you want to send over some pics, we'll definitely link it up in the show notes. I got to say, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all your wisdom and story of inspiration. Like you said, you have a six-figure day job. You have a six-figure side hustle. You paid off all your debt. You're crushing it. You're enjoying what you're doing. So hopefully there's a business owner out there listening to this who's feeling a little bit of inspiration and they can take their business to the next level. And for someone who wants to learn more about your story or more about 3D printing in general, where are some of the best places they can do that? If they want to see just all my personal stuff, things that I can make, they can follow me on Instagram at Nico Industries, N-I-K-K-O dot Industries. They can find my YouTube channel and see all the stuff that I do there. Also at YouTube.com slash Nico Industries. And if they're interested in starting their own side hustle, I do a 30-minute masterclass as well as a free 3D printer buying guide and a niche selection guide at 3Dprintedprofits.com. And then that's where I teach people how to do what I do, how to build a 3D printing side business, how to make that side hustle while without quitting their day job, basically. All right, Nico. And one thing that we always ask our guests, because at the end of the day, it is a show about financial dependence, is what is your number one tangible tip for someone who's on that chase towards financial independence? Man, you got to know your numbers. I know we, we, we had fun talking about business and, and side hustles and, and income and stuff like that. But start with the basics. Start with your budgeting. Start with your income. Start with all of that. Because without any of that, dude, that's your foundation, man. Start with the basics. Your side hustle comes later. Know your numbers now. Know your numbers now. Know your time now. Some of you might not have enough time for a side hustle. 
So that's another thing. Know your money, know your time. Love that advice, man. Financial independence sounds like 3D printing. You got to build the layer after layer after layer. It's not easy, that's for sure. But man, is it worth it. Boy, is it worth it. Absolutely. So Nico, you're almost out of here, but we got to hit you with the question that I'm not prepared for. Justin's not prepared for So You're definitely not prepared. But are you ready for the wildcard question? Let's do it. You have been doing this 3D printing thing. It seems like something that's been a lot of fun. And I can imagine you've had some pretty wild ideas of things that you can print. I mean, you were even just talking to us about the side hustle ideas of 3D printing purses and something like that. What is the craziest thing you've printed? Or if you don't have a good answer for that, what's the craziest thing you've thought about printing and you were really close to pulling the trigger? 3 printed sex toys, man. Dude, 3D printed sex toys. And there's, I think there's, I'm pretty sure there's an Etsy shop that sells them. If I'm lying, I'm dying. There's some pretty crazy stuff printed, man. Well, Nico, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, you have just like a ton of enthusiasm about this. And it's just really cool to for us to get to see. And I know the listeners are really going to be able to tell just from hearing your voice how excited you are about all this and the passion you bring to the table. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing that inspirational story of starting that business from coming over from the Philippines. Just an awesome story. So thanks, Nico. It's very humbling to be on the show to share my story. And you guys are doing great work, man. I appreciate you guys. All right, Justin, so I'm looking up 3D printers right now, and I'm about to click buy. <laughs> How'd you like the episode? Yeah, man, I, I love this episode. Obviously, I always really love the episodes that are especially unique. And this one, to me, the cool angle, though, was that Nico is building these parts out of superhero characters, and he has this really cool kind of underdog story himself where his parents weren't good with money, him and his family immigrated to the United States, and when he saw how bad his parents were with money, he just made a vow that he would not be that same way, that he would be smarter with his money for him and his children. And because he was an immigrant, he wasn't able to go to college or anything until he was 25 when he got married and became a citizen. But then at that point, you know, he joins the military. He takes those skills to his best advantage and starts a really good career. But during this whole time, you know, he's got this entrepreneurial spirit, and this flair but he fails many, many times and he just never quits. And so you see a lot of those attributes from the characters that he's making in his own self. I think that's something that really struck a chord with me during this episode is like he has such an amazing mindset. He got knocked down, I mean, dozens of times. There's probably even times he didn't talk about in the episode with us, but he just kept getting back up. And a lot of people, unfortunately, will judge you on where you're at or how you got there. They go, you know, Nico's so lucky. He's making hundreds of thousands of dollars now from this 3D printing business. But that's without paying attention to the entire story. Like a lot of people might not get up from the fifth entrepreneurial venture that just beats them down and they lose all their money. But Nico just kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. And he finally figured out that when he started chasing the passion, when he started having fun with these side hustles, instead of just trying to hit the next gold rush idea where he'd become a millionaire, that's when it started to become super successful for him. He was mentioning that his kid just wanted to have this little cool Iron Man part, like an Iron Man leg. And so we went and made that leg and that leg wasn't going to be his legacy that he's going to make millions of dollars off. It was just because his kid wanted a cool Iron Man leg. And after he started building this business off of his own passion, off of his son's own passion, building the YouTube channel, giving people this really cool, this genuine stuff, the money just started to follow and he couldn't even believe it because he'd been trying to chase the money for so long. And when he finally chased the passion, finally chased the thing that was interesting to him, that's when the money started pouring in. Yeah, Cody, I think his direct quote was, when I stopped chasing money, money started chasing me. And I thought that was a pretty cool quote. 
But the next thing I thought was cool is how, like earlier, you know, I mentioned he took those skills that he learned from the military to his best advantage. And that was not only in his like commercial traditional job, but it is also in these businesses that he has created. So Nico admits he doesn't really know how to design these products from scratch that he's selling, these files that he's making. He's leveraging other people to make those designs. So he's using the skills that he learned, which was delegation, and he's really tapping into that. And it's obviously effective because even without having the skills to sit there and design these files himself, he was able to make 50000 in revenue in year one, $130,000 last year in revenue, and his own pace in 2020 for $250,000 in revenue. And most of that revenue is just coming off of selling the digital files while other people are actually doing the printing. And now it's time for the call to action. All right, so today's call to action is a fun one. So for those of you who aren't in this 3D printing world, who aren't quite sure what 3D printing is or all of its amazing capabilities, go check out Nico's site. Go check out some of the crazy technological and medical advances that we're making with 3D printing. Go check out some of these 3D manufactured homes. There's so much cool stuff going on in the 3D printing space. I think it's going to be so huge over the coming years, over the coming decades. So familiarize yourself with the technology, see what's going on, and see if 3D printing is something that could be in your future. And if you want to get more information about Nico's business, see some of his YouTube videos where he shows you how he makes these products or any of the other things that we talked about, you can find those in the show notes at thefyshow.com slash Nico. That's thefyshow.com slash N-I-K-K-O, thefyshow.com slash Nico. And as always, if you want to check out our Facebook group page, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash community. And we always appreciate those five-star reviews. They help us get great guests like we had today. And if you're interested in supporting The Fi Show, you can do so by checking out some of our partners over at the resources page, which can be found at thefyshow.com slash resources. And thanks for listening.